are now locked in and listening to The Issue. This guy is a franchise quarterback, and no, I don't want to hear any pushback on that. It feels like a top 10 roster to me. It feels like it can win a championship. This is The Issue. Yo, what's up? We are back. It is The Issue. It is Thursday, February 2nd. Into February, going into the Super Bowl now. So we have this week, we're not going to have any predictions. Uh, it's going to be really next weird. Week, yeah, it, it is going to be weird. The first time in, what, like 20-some weeks with no predictions? Um, well, well, even more than that, because also you have to remember, we also had our divisional predictions. Right. So that was like eight weeks prior to the season and starting. And then we had 16 weeks. Yeah, of... Per, of 17. Seven, no, no, 18. 18. 18 plus weeks all the of predictions. Playoffs. So 18 plus 8 is what, 24? Something around that. Plus yeah. wild card divisional championship. 27? Is yeah. that right? A, a lot of weeks straight of predicting. This is the first show that we're not going to have anything um, prediction wise. But we will have that next week leading into the Super Bowl. Um, other than that, great show though. So we're gonna have a very rant discussion based show today. A lot of a lot of big topics. So first, we're gonna start with yours on on Cincy and Kansas City, right? I feel like that was the that was the spotlight of the league this week. I think that's where all the eyes were. It got flexed to prime time for a reason, oh. right? It got it got put into that later window because there were gonna be more eyes on that game. The NFL knew that. Everybody knew that. I want to say it was the most watched. Championship game divisional, like an NFC or AFC championship game, conference championship game in five, six years. Yeah, like it that. was just so interesting. So many Which stories is, on both yeah, sides. It's pretty impressive. Um, so, like I said, we'll start the show with that today. We'll get into hits and misses like normal to finish up the first segment. And then in the second segment, we're going to actually have a, a ranking, a list, the top 10 players in the Super Bowl. So we're going to go both teams. It doesn't have to be evenly stacked on each side. We're just the 10 best players uh, and who we think will have the biggest impact and I guess we will give you maybe a predicted uh, Super Bowl MVP stuff like that um, and then we will have another rant uh, 49ers and Brady are kind of heating up uh, San Francisco looks like they could definitely use him I I don't think I don't think anybody expected them to get the Josh Johnson right I like right and plus like it'd be also different if Purdy I, again we'll talk about it later but it'd be different if Purdy was out for like two months right. and he could be there yeah. for the entire offseason then you have to think no no he's out for like Six, seven, eight months, right? So you're talking almost the entire season, term. maybe That's into the term. next season. So it's like... Uh, yeah. Um, and then, like that Cincinnati game, we flexed the news to the third segment this week. Uh, so we will start the third segment with that and then finish off with a rant on Sean Payton going to the Denver Broncos. Big story. Kind of a big <clears throat> splash that I think Denver needed, but we will get to that to finish the show. But first, we have the most pressing issues to talk about first. We have Burrow yep. and the Bengals, all the blow, blown calls, bad calls uh, that people were all kind of heated up about. We have our take on that. So get so, started there. I mean, like I, like I said, we'll get to the Niners-Eagles. Like, that game pretty much sucked. Not entertaining at all. Awful watch. But the other game, though, like you said, the Burrow-Mahomes, right, that, that may have been an all-time classic, right? So here's how you know if you have an all-time classic playoff game. Do you have two really clever offenses? Yep, check, check. All right, how about two underrated defenses playing well? Yep, check, you got both those. How about two fantastic quarterbacks kind of at the top of their game going into that football game? Yeah, check. Yet people still want to blame the rest for the outcome. Check. No, I mean, seriously, that's a mark of a really, really good playoff game. You think I'm crazy. All right, go back to, like, the Brady-Belichick dynasty. No, trust me, as a, as a Pittsburgh fan, I was right there with you. 
that, like, is it just me or does Brady get, like, all the calls? Or do they get all the convenient calls and no calls, right? Did, did, does everything go the Patriots' way? So, like, that was always a discussion for, like, 15 years. Well, it's a dynasty and a really, really good football team. Right? Like, it wasn't because, oh, they got the best calls. Sometimes, yeah, they got some good calls. No, no, they just had the best coach quarterback for 15 years. Right? That's kind of like the mark of a really good dynasty, really good playoff game, really good playoff run, right? So now we look back and we go, oh, yeah, I mean, like, that, that's kind of what we're looking at right here. Right? And the refs weren't perfect. Okay, I get it. And they never are, really. But there's 22 players running to close to or over 20 miles an hour on, like, every play crashing into each other. Right? Footwork going a million miles an hour. Have you seen Aaron Donald? By the way, he's like 300 pounds. Can't see his feet when he's moving them. Right? Because he's so quick. But you know, no, you're right. You're right. The refs, while watching him and 21 other professional athletes, need to catch every little thing. Right? If they caught a penalty on every play, the game would be, what, like six and a half hours long? It's a TV product. Right? The reason Mahomes is getting 50-some million a year. The reason Burrow's going to garner roughly the same amount. The reason that they can afford to be paid that much is because Fox is shelling out billions of dollars. Because CBS is paying a couple bill. Right? That's kind of how it works. And so I I get you're upset. Right? I've been there, right? The Jesse James catch against the Patriots. Yeah. That's a catch. Like that that is a hundred percent a catch. But let's not act like those were are they were, were they really a better overall team than the Patriots in the in the height of the Patriots dynasty? Not really. No. Right, maybe on that given Sunday, but it's not like it was a an injustice to the world that the probably the better football team ended up winning anyway. Right, and that's exactly what happened. Right, everyone loves to slow down, you know, frame by frame. You know, Twitter refs, you're right for five frames of the play, a Chiefs lineman appear, appears to hold somebody. Yeah, you're right for the two tenths of a second that those five frames elapse, he might have been holding somebody. But in real time, when you actually watch the game like a human being, not a robot. You saw that he kind of drives a DT into the ground, right? Mm. Is what it is. Was there a little grabbing? Probably. Right? Probably. But grow up. And, and people in Cincinnati are actually, they actually think that the refs blew the game. Right? Let's take officiating out of the game. Right? I won't even count total penalties, penalty yards, right? The Chiefs were a better football team. Dare I say much better. Right? Let's look at pretty much every category you'd want to look at. How about total yards? Nope, Chiefs were better here. You can see it on the screen. Total yards, Chiefs had it. <laughs> yards per play, Chiefs had it. Chiefs were better on third down. They were better in the red zone. Better on special teams. Had less turnovers. One time of possession. And had more first downs. So they moved the ball better. They moved the ball more efficiently. They didn't turn the ball over as much. They even got more production from their third and least important unit. Oh, they were better when it counted in the red zone on third down. But you know what? The refs gave that one away. It's right there. I'm not saying it's all stat-driven. But despite that, since he had a chance to win. But I mean, even just look at the turnovers, right? Teams that lose the turnover battle lose like 70-plus percent of the games. Oh, and by the way, they were worse in like every other statistical category like I've already mentioned. But I've never seen a team do so many things inferiorly. Is that a word? We're going to use it. To the other team across from them in a game, yet still blame the refs, right? Here's a thought. Maybe don't turn the ball over. Maybe don't go 33% in the red zone. Maybe don't punt the ball in the middle of the field with no hang time to Patrick Mahomes. Or, you know, yeah, Joseph Sai, it was a dumb play. 
pushed Mahomes and Nas out of bounds. Or perhaps, I'm thinking, here's here's my idea, that the Miller Lite couch guy in the suburbs of Cincy probably also wouldn't be able to stop in three-tenths of a second to not push Mahomes. Right before his toe comes out of bounds. Right? I'm thinking, I'm thinking Jeff from the suburbs of Cincinnati on your 11th, probably Bush Light. Yeah, I'm thinking you probably wouldn't be able to do it either. That's a bang-bang play. Grow up. Right? Was it the wrong play? Yes. But relax. It's not the kid's fault. Like, I, lo- I love when they put all that on, on him for one play. Did anyone else see the play before where he splits a double team and hits Mahomes' throwing arm, causing the third and four right before? Look, I mean, Cincinnati, they got some lean years. And I, I know they're desperate for some really high-end success, high-end winning. Right? And I, I, know, you, I know you talked a big game. But complaining, I wish I could say the word, but just whining and moaning and trying to blame somebody else, that's not going to get you there. It's just not. Right, ask, ask Zach Taylor. Ask, you know, even Jermaine Pratt, the linebacker, who was, who was talking to Osai, going to the locker room, listen to Osai, they all go, hey, we, should, we need to be better. We need to be better. Was it unfortunate? Yeah, but we need to be better. That's the reality of it. They lost the game. The refs just nailed the coffin. Right, since he had it, they were already laying down in it. Yeah, right, he just got nailed by the refs. That's it. Relax, relax. Um, first of all, if you're the better team and you should be winning, you if you feel you you should be winning that game, you shouldn't have it come down to the refs and a decision like that. I couldn't agree more. Never let it go to a decision. You hear it in boxing all the time. The other thing that I wanted to bring up, uh, pretty much, I think a year ago this week. We had Eric Kasparovich on, great coach. Uh, we had him on right before the Super Bowl. We asked him, asked yeah. him who, he lo- who he liked. It might have been reviewing the Super Bowl. Um, but the topic of calls came up, and you know oh, yeah. he, he yeah. expressed, like, look, you cannot complain about everything. No. And, and these calls go both ways. No, no matter if you get paid back for it next season, the, the week after, if it's on an elimination out. game, it all balances out. Play better football more consistently. But we did say coming into this year that we did not see the Cincinnati Bengals making it back to the Super Bowl. So a little bit of a hit there. Let's go hits and misses. So when we were ranking the uh, the playoff teams right during the wild card round, I said, if Philly, if they get healthy and they come out of the bye healthy, I said, look out, that might be the best team in football. Uh, and two blowout wins to show for it, right, in the playoffs. I know they didn't play the best competition. They didn't play the best quarterback play. No party was hurt and... Well, Dan Jones is Dan Jones, so I mean, yeah. <laughs> but at yeah. the end of the day, that's two blowout wins in the playoffs. That, yeah. That's impressive, and, uh, and we kind of saw it coming if they come in, if they came out healthy, which they have. Yeah, they had an easier path for sure. Um, yeah. You know, I think the NFC is just an all-around easier path, despite the injuries. Right? You're not seeing you're not seeing Burrow and the Bengals. You're not seeing Mahomes and the Chiefs. You're not. Yeah. Like the AFC is loaded, um, but yes, they played good football, great football all season. I'll say. Um, and, and it was just that big question mark looming. Like, they got the bye. They had a lot of time off. We hadn't seen what they were in a while. They're, they were trending down a little bit towards the end of the season. So, like, we had to just you had to give it a second. But they have played at least two, up to expectations. Big test coming up now. And then here's the thing. Jalen Hurts didn't even play that well. I'm going to be honest with you. He didn't. Like 120 yards passing, you know, 62% completion. There's nothing special. Right? I think his shoulder's still getting healthy. But, God, they just... They just situationally played really, really well. Yeah. All right, Mr. Moore here. Um, I mean, we said this. I said this. I, I'm like, no no way in the hell I'd take the Denver job. 
I mean, seriously, uh, Russ is odd with teammates. There's not a lot of cap space. There wasn't picks before. Not a lot of cap space. There's going to be negative cap space. Yeah, negative cap space. (laughs) Uh, You know, there wasn't a whole lot of draft capital before. Now there's even less because, you know, for some reason, Sean Payton took the job. And so now they have the Saints like a first and I think a third. Um, You know, I I don't know. I guess money is more enticing than I think I, I may be thinking that it is, right? And I don't know, maybe considering I don't have any. (laughs) <laughs> you know, you know what I mean. Like, I don't. I'm not, nobody's offering me twenty million dollars a year. So, I, team. yeah, yeah, that that might sway you. But I, I just think Sean Payton, he would have been better served at Fox, making really, really solid money, and kind of waiting for a job like the Chargers or the Cowboys or like the Rams that op- you know that opens up yeah. within the next year or two. Right, McVay's floated retirement like five times. Daly sucks. McCarthy, you know, he gets kind of unfairly blamed, but he's not a great head coach he's not he's not sean payton good yeah so i I think i would have waited around for that there were a lot there were better spots there were a lot better spots for sean payton no draft cap none zero and you don't have any money to spend and it only gets worse yeah your rust contract is horrible and it only gets worse i know it it, i don't even know what's the first thing you do if you're sean payton you get there what are you doing first I mean, like, the very first thing I'm doing is I'm calling Russell Wilson because if you have, if you want to have any chance, it's, you have to make Russell Wilson work. Yeah. Um, Like, from a, like a, I don't want to say dramatic move standpoint, but I would look, and I'll top my head, I don't have the roster in front of me, but I would start looking at, like, expensive pieces, not even super expensive, but aging pieces, and I would just say, can I get a third? Can I get, can I get a fourth? Can I get a second, right? I don't know who, you know, who you'd be looking at. Get younger. Get younger, get cheaper, get draft capital, even if it's, third, fourth, fifth rounders, right? If Sean Payton's input in personnel, they'll be fine. He'll be able to make a third or a fourth serviceable yeah. um, to be to be kind of a lot cheaper. And, and Sean's a great um, coach. He knows how to scheme per quarterback too, right? He had a very yeah. short Drew Brees. He had to build a game plan that yeah. fit that specific quarterback. I also think, not mobile, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It, it'll be interesting to see. And I, I think kind of the way to build this roster is what I would do is I, I would try to build a, a really good running and defense football team kind of resemble a little bit of like a like a Tennessee or like a San Francisco. You gotta find an identity and stick to it. Right. Kind of like like a San Francisco or Tennessee. Now granted San Francisco is a lot more talented on the outside. Uh, but both of them run the football really well, play really nice defense on play action and on third and shorts. Ask your quarterback to make a couple throws a game, you're good to go. Yeah. That's kind of how you have to, to yeah. structure that team. Uh hit number two, I did a rant mm, I don't know, a couple weeks ago now. Uh, and I said I, Dallas wants to blame pretty much everybody but Dak. Um, and here it is again. Kellen Moore is gone. Uh, Kellen Moore was fired as the OC, and of course it's his fault. I mean, why wouldn't it be? Uh, I mean, he's only had like the second best offense since he's been there, and you know he only had Andy Dalton start like nine times, and Garrett Gilbert like four, and Danucci once, and Cooper Rush like you know seven. Uh, but no, yeah, he still has the second best offense since he's been there, and not to mention that Dak is at best a B plus quarterback. Um, but it doesn't matter. He didn't last too long on the market. Chargers picked him up. We'll see if it's good for Herbert. I don't know. We'll talk a little bit more about that later. This is more about Dallas, and they're <laughs> just... I, I don't know what to make of Dallas anymore. I don't understand. I don't understand. How can you not see it? You can't see that? He started know. for you for seven years. The problem has transcended head coaches. Head coaches. Coordinators. Like, look at the guy that's been there through all the problems. The guy that still hasn't yeah. led you anywhere. I, I agree with you. As his contract gets worse, it's just going to get worse. Couldn't agree more, not to mention Zeke's overpaid by a lot. Yeah. I know, I know. Mr. Matuyer, um, I said I think that Joe Burrow is probably the most precise, you know, accurate, situationally versed quarterback in the league. 
Um, and I thought that that was kind of his it over Mahomes, right? That's like, that's what sets him apart. That's what makes him arguably in spots better than Mahomes. Um, but I, I don't know anymore. I think, I think maybe Mahomes might actually have that on him too. Mahomes might um, be number one at everything. I don't know. I, I think. I know it's one game. I don't want to overreact. But I mean, come on. I think overall as a body of work, Burrow does it better. But this is the thing. Like situational Just, and, and yes. accuracy, precision. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yes. He does that better. But when you're comparing those two strengths, Patrick is just gener- generationally talented to the point that you're never going to see somebody. Uh, it rarely ever going to see somebody, somebody play football like this. No. So I think his specialness, his, his pop, the way that he can just score in 13 seconds with no timeouts, the way he can it's, lead game-winning drives, that's his special. And I think when they're matched up against each other, sometimes when he when he's on, that's going to get the better of the situational calling, audibling into the right plays yeah. like Burrow does. Off the top of my head, I don't remember how many timeouts and how much time was left on the clock. I want to say no timeouts, like what, a little bit under a minute when, when they got the ball for that final drive. Yeah. Whenever they got it, even if it was anywhere on the other side of their own 40, I was sitting there, I'm like, that's over. Like yeah, the, like got, Sky, Sky Moore returned it to like the what, almost the fifty yard line. Yeah, he. Uh, I was like, yeah, it's, that 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 game's over. They were on their own like forty six to it. start that drive. Yeah, no, it's he's he's special. He's if special. they were if they were inside their ten, I still would have not felt it's, great for the Bengals. Wouldn't have felt great, but uh, anyway, hit number three here. Uh, we discussed this when the Bryans, uh, or when the Dolphins fired Brian Flores. <laughs> no, the Bryans fired <laughs> Dolphin Flores. And the Dolphins fired Brian Flores. I said it's not a well-run team, right? I think I like what they've done with McDaniel. I, you know, I, I like some of the offensive pieces they've acquired and, and brought in. But upstairs in the front office, I don't think it's a well-run team. And I think yet again they're showing that off. Um, they're just odd, you know. First of all, they're keeping Tua. I don't get it. I don't think that's the right move. Um, and I think in in the AFC especially, you got to go big. You got to either go for a really, really savvy vet that you know is going to be able to win you some games yeah. and, and elevate you in some way, or you have to go for someone who's more talented, maybe a little more raw, but more talented. Um, and then second off, they apparently get Vic Fangio, which is a great get. I think he's probably the top defensive mind on the market right now uh, for their defensive coordinator position. But then he said, he comes out and he's like, no, I'm not, not going to the Dolphins. I have other options out there. Like, I, I don't know what to make of them. They're, they're kind of in shambles upstairs. Yeah. Um, I, I it's don't not know. A good, it's not a well-run organization. They it never have the owner. been. They never have the been. Starts yeah. with the owner. They just had to forfeit, forfeit a... Uh, they don't have a first-round draft pick this year because they were tampering with Brady and, and uh, Sean Payton. Yeah. Tell me it's well-run? No, not at it's all. It's not well-run. Not at all. It's not well-run um, at all. It's never been like one of the greatest organizations in the NFL. They've just kind of started to get some some really good talent and some pieces as yeah. of late. But, I mean, they still can't seem to put it together. So They've been able to replace Marina in, what, 20-something years? Yeah, it's been a while. So, that says everything you need to know. All right, missed number three here. <clears throat> I've said time and time again that I really, really like Mike Sullivan for the Penguins. Um I, I think he's got juice. He's got, you know, some passion, some fire. They play hard for, uh, you know, for Mike. I think overall his pairings have been pretty good. Uh, you know, the HBK line, all that, you know, all the good, all the good pairings he's had. But recently, like, they're just not very good. And I think especially defensively. So I don't know if something needs to switch with defensive pairings or whatever, but they are reeling right now. I don't have an answer. I'm not versed in hockey enough to be like, oh, I know exactly what to do. They need to, you know, switch to this defense and, and do this on the power play. I don't have an answer, but... I don't know if maybe Mike is nearing the end. I know some people are getting kind of pissed, to be honest with you. Um, I certainly wouldn't fire him, but it's not looking good for the Pens and Mike Sullivan. No, it really isn't. Um, Like, 
a voice tends to go stale in a locker room after a while. Oh, okay, we, we know that. Yeah. Um, and I love Mike Sullivan, great coach, but you can't deny the the, the just decline. absolute nosedive in quality of play. Uh, I think a big part of it, and I love I love the Penguins. I love the old stars and, and having them all still in Pittsburgh. I think it's awesome to still have Latang. I think it's awesome to still have Malkin. But at some point, you have to look into the future a little bit. Are you willing to keep sacrificing seasons with Sidney Crosby, who's still playing at a top... You know, he's a top talent in the Five, league still. Ten? Which is insane. He's aging, though. So if you're going to want to win cups, you might want to start trying right to win them like now. Right now. Uh, I wouldn't keep him surrounded by an old team. I, I agree. I think you need young... You need, you need youth. You need speed. I would deal Malkin, and I would honestly deal with Tang. He's older. He's slowing you, down. Like I don't know what what to get a hockey person on, but what do you we should get Bursic back on? What would a what would a what would a goalie get? Would a goalie get a decent young forward? Or I'm sorry, how many how many pieces would you have to give up for a goalie? I mean, it depends what kind of goalie you're trying to get. A good one. A really good one. An actual good one, because we don't have any on the roster. None. And you're talking about giving up picks. Picks, young players, whatever. I would, I mean, I would, for a good goalie, they're going to need somebody like, I, I'd bet you they'd want like a Malkin, maybe somebody in the A system, and even like a third. I don't know. I don't know. Um, I don't know. Maybe we can talk about this a little bit more during the news, but let's go ahead and get to a break. When we come back, we'll rank the top 10 players, right? Total, both Chiefs and Eagles, just top 10 players in the Super Bowl. Kind of get a gauge on, you know, who's got more talent. Um, so, yeah, don't go anywhere. Second segment, Thursday. What's it, the second now? First? Yep. Second. second. First? Second? Second? second. All right. February 2nd. I don't remember which ones have 31, which have 30, 29. Well, we're in a weird one now. Evidently, some have, what, 28? Is that right? That's I don't know. February. Right, yep, that's February. That would be the one we're in now. Um, okay. Yeah, whatever. All right. Yeah. Only uh, 28 days in February. Yeah, we're good. Is there like a song that tells you, tells you how many months are in? I feel like there is. I don't know. I don't remember it. Either way, not important. Um, we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna rank the top ten players in the Super Bowl, regardless of team, regardless of position. Just top ten guys right now, heading into the game. Not all time, right now. Yeah. Um, and then we'll get into uh, we'll get into a little bit of a discussion regarding the Niners. What do they do going forward? Some interest with Tom Brady. Who knows? So um, that'll that's kind of how the second segment's looking. Third segment, <clears throat> we'll another discussion about Sean Payton. A little bit of news. So. Kind of jumping all around the board here, but let's start with the rankings. Great show, great show. Um, yeah, I mean, why not? It's the Super Bowl. I feel like this is the this is probably one of those rankings where it's more prop bet ish, right? Because like some of these guys are going to be, I mean, like it's guys that you're looking bets. at for like overs, unders on on passing yards, rushing yards, all that kind of stuff. So, I mean, I yeah, I think also when you're whenever you're looking, you're kind of starting to do a deep dive, right? We have you know two episodes, we have a you know two weeks to look at the Super Bowl, so. Next week we'll probably go like matchup wise. You know, yeah. what are some interesting matchups to watch? You we're know, just I going think, best talent for this list, right? Like I think I think the Chiefs' offensive line versus um, the defensive front of Philly is fascinating to me. So we'll talk about a little bit of that about that next week. Yeah. Uh, but this week is just ten best guys, kind of giving us an idea who's got more talent. Where's the talent at? So let's go with that. Let's start at number ten, like we always do. Let's go with the center for the Chiefs, Creed Humphrey. Uh, so he's only second in the year, but his first year he was instantly a top three to five center. Um, like Big literally piece. instantly, yeah. Uh, like I think he was a second or third round pick. So he's not not making a ton of money yet, which is really, really nice for them to go get cheap 
cheap labor that also happens to be all pro level good. Um, he he is he's your ideal center. He's a big dude, real stocky. He doesn't have a lot of you know not a lot of height to him, but he's a big thick guy. And yeah. He's just really really good run blocker. Good for the middle of that uh, the middle of the offensive line there. The importance of a center, I think, it's overlooked so 100%. often, especially when you have a great quarterback like Patrick Mahomes. That center quarterback relationship has to be perfect, right? I mean, we saw it with. I mean, it was somewhat noticeable when Pouncey retired and Ben had to uh, had to switch up centers. That quarterbacks really rely on having their guy, oh, yeah. and oh, yeah. him being the type of guy that can step in so quickly and be a, be a big piece for that offensive line. I mean, well, they've struggled in the past. So also, centers aren't just there. You know, it's not just important because you know they touch the ball every play. Like that's obviously important. They're the ones that make a lot of the adjustments for the offensive line, yeah. right? The quarterback and him are communicating, making adjustments, identifying you know rushes, all that, all that stuff. So very important. He's done well. He's at number ten here. Number nine. Let's go, Darius Slay. He's a, he's a big play corner, right? So he's going to get takeaways. He's going to jump routes. He's going to you know deflect ball. He's not like I think I think Sauce Gardner is a little bit better, but he's not as fun to watch, right? Because you just don't even see him. You don't hear his name for the entire game because he's locked down, right? Mm-hmm. He doesn't even come close to allowing his guy to get open to even get a ball thrown his way. Like, there you slay. He'll take a couple chances. You know, he's, he's going to take a couple risks. It's going to be fun to watch. Um, you know, he'll he'll be close to a pick pretty much every game. Um, and I, I think that'll be no different than the Super Bowl. He's at number nine. And I think he's one of the best DBs in the league at playing press, right? Yeah. You, you look at those short yardage. arms. Right. You have the short yardage situation when it's third and one, third and two, third and three. And you know a slant's coming. Or you know a little bit of a fade's coming. He is locked down when you can press him and put him in man. I love that at nine. I agree. Let's go to number eight, Chris Jones, the defensive tackle for the Chiefs. Now, could arguably be higher, but I think value-wise, um, I just – an interior defensive lineman, mm-hmm. yes, can be a game wrecker, but I, I, I think edge rusher, wide receiver, right, like I think tackles, those are more important positions. Um, so that's why he's not higher. But at the end of the day, I mean, he is a game wrecker. He might – you Does can't deny argu- what he hasn't, what he's done this season. Does he have an argument for the best interior defensive lineman right now? I think so. Because Aaron Donald was not at the top of his game this season. No. Nope. Cam Hayward's he, probably I was just up about to there. Say, he's up there, but he's, he wasn't that level this year. Dexter Lawrence from the Giants, Quinn and Williams no. from the Jets. But no. I, I think I'd take Chris Jones right now. If I had to take a defensive tackle to start an organization with, I'd probably take Chris Jones. And what a flip that was too from last season. I mean, he was good, but he wasn't, wasn't like this. this. Wasn't this? He he has elevated to a different level, and we know how important that is, especially because of some of the weaknesses in the Chiefs secondary. So yeah, yes, you have to be able to having somebody to either stop the, the run, rush the pass rusher, or rush the rush passer. The quarter, yeah, right. yeah, I get it. Uh, number seven here, Hassan Reddick. Uh, again, like I said, I think edge rushers are more valuable. You saw his value. First of all, I know nobody likes to say it, and it's not like he purposely did it, but there was value. Like he knocked Brock Purdy out of the game. Yeah, and I'm not saying that like that's the goal. But it's like it's something, right? It's something, and he's wildly productive. Even even not including that fact, he had two two, uh, two sacks, three tackles for loss. You know, yeah, I think he had two forced fumbles, a fumble, or one forced fumble, a fumble recovery. Right? He was just everywhere. Yeah, he was everywhere. Um, he is no fun to block off the edge. He's been a really <laughs> underrated pass rusher for the last four years ish, roughly. Um, but I, I think he's a really, really solid edge piece. He's kind of the lifeblood of the pass rush for the Eagles, which yeah. is the best in the league, so he's at seven. I was going to say, he is the cornerstone that it's all built around, and that pass rush for the Eagles has been crazy this year. Yeah, I'm really – I mean, look, a little bit of a side conversation, more about a matchup thing, but it's worth being mentioned. Mahomes didn't look the same mobility-wise. 
No, uh, no, and, I mean he he moved enough, but he was he was hobbling, he was grimacing, he and was that's wincing. The, that's the Bengals pass rush. If you remember the box check game that we did last week, they didn't get a check in their, that box. They're bottom five, so obviously they're not going to be a, a top pass rush in the league. Now you go see Philadelphia, number one. This is going to be this is going to be a matchup. Let's go number six, Joe Tooney. So he's the guard for of the Chiefs, probably a top two guard in the league. Um, and I know guards don't have a ton of value. Uh, but I think for this offense, he does. Mahomes up the middle does not handle pressure well. That's also why Creed Humphrey's on this list, right? Yeah. Up the middle, and this is just for most quarterbacks. Brady's always notoriously been like this. Up the middle pressure is a really, really good way to throw a quarterback off yeah. his spot. When Mahomes can't kind of step up, right? If he has to go outside, like, you know, around the back of the pocket, now you're starting, he's, you know, 15 yards behind the line of scrimmage trying to make a play. He can do it because he's great, but he's better when he can step up and evade left to right. So where he's right near the line. He can kind of run a little bit. He can still throw. Yeah. Um, so I think I think Tooney up front on the interior of the offensive line is wildly important for Mahomes, especially with him being hampered. So I think that's why he's at six. 100% agree. Uh, that Protecting your franchise guy like that, especially in these big moments, so that he can have the time and awareness to see what's going on, make yeah. those big plays and make those special plays. It's that little stuff that goes unnoticed up front a lot of the times. But 100%. One of the most important pieces for sure. Number five, A.J. Brown. I think he's a top five receiver. I really do. I think he's he's a top three after you the catch. You can't deny that. He's a top three yak guy. Yards yeah. after catch. Um, just impossible to bring down. He can high point the football. He'll beat you deep. He can beat you on slants. Uh, he's no fun to tackle in the open field, so you can throw him a screen pass. He can really do a whole lot of everything. He's got a really nice route tree. And I don't think it's a, a coincidence that he has jumped this much. So do you think he's the best acquisition from this last offseason? Because I, he has an argument, right? I mean, leaving Tennessee for what they got him for. And they add A.J. Brown, who has just had an absolutely stellar season. And by the way, one of the best targets for a younger quarterback in Jalen Hurts. You could make the argument that it's the best pickup in the offseason. That's fair. That's fair. All right, number four. So. By the way, you're going to notice that I'm going to I'm gonna piss a lot of people off here with this list. Number four is Jason Kelsey. So he's, the, <laughs> he's the center for the Eagles. Um, again, wildly oh, important man. for... What? No, I mean, I agree. No, no, but... hold up, hold up. It, it gets worse. There's somebody that's not on here. But it's for a reason, and I'll explain at the end. Okay. But anyway, Jason Kelsey at four. Uh, center for the Eagles, he's behind a lot of what they want to do, running the football. Yeah. Um, he's kind of the, the, the soul, the leader of that offensive line. Um, like I said, able to point out blitzes, rushers, leading, you know, in... in in run blocking, hasn't allowed a sack in, like, I think two years. So it's just ridiculous. Leading in morale, too. That dude keeps yeah. the energy up. Yeah, he's a lot like Travis, but, you know, because they're, they're brothers, so that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, again, like you said, morale, leader, right, very good. Uh, number three here, Lane Johnson, their tackle, their right tackle. He's playing three, torn groin. Torn groin. That's usually something that uh, sidelines you for a while, yeah? <laughs> you would think. He tore it, rested, retore it, and is still playing through it. Not a lot of sack. Shut down Michael Parsons, made him not even a factor. Nick Bosa, good luck. Didn't work. That it's insane. insane. That's, it's that's it's nice. literally insane. All right, number two, Travis Kelsey. Tight end, uh, number one tight end in football, probably a top five of all time. Um, the routery is incredible. Uh, and, I, and I would say with Mahomes hurt, he is the number one target easily. It's not even all that close. Yeah. Uh, he's got, what, like second or third most receptions in postseason history behind, like, Gronk, maybe, of all time. 
so or, and maybe behind Jerry Rice as well. I don't even know. I'll have to pull it up. But either way, Travis Kelsey had two. He's an all-time talent. You should have teased this. You should have teased it in the very beginning because now for these past four, I've just been sitting here waiting. Count down. You haven't said two names. So which fan base are we going after this week? Number one, Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> oh, sorry, Jalen. Sorry. <laughs> so Mahomes is one because oh. despite the injury, he put up a stat line and a performance oh. that is almost inhuman. Yeah. It's it's 105 pass rating, 300 plus yards, two touchdowns, no picks, 106, did I say 105, 106 pass rating, like 67% completion on one leg throwing to backups with backups protecting him. Oh. With backups protecting him. And so I'll explain. You have to explain yourself here. Why doesn't Jalen make it? So call me crazy. He's been more complimentary. He's been a more so okay, let me let me get into it. Let me get into it. So <clears throat> I'll start here. I will concede that maybe I could hear the argument for him above Creed Humphrey or Darius Slay, but at best that puts him at nine. So I'm just gonna say that. Let's start with why he's low right now. One, I'm not sure of his health. Ready completed about 60-ish percent of his throws this past weekend, like 120 yards. Right? Wasn't super effective. Now I know he can run. That's great. But at the end of the day, in the playoffs, you have to deliver from the pocket. Or you saw from the Super Bowl, Mahomes running around for his life was not able to lead him to victory against the against the Bucks. Right? You you have to be able to deliver in the biggest moments. Think about the most iconic plays. Big Ben delivering to Santonio Holmes. Uh, even Eli Manning. I know it's a scramble, but at the end of the day, it's the throw to David Tyree. It's the throw up the sideline to Mario Manningham. Like, it is the throws that matter. And in his last four games, right, I said it's coming into this game. It's it's the momentum recently coming into this game. His last four games, he's averaging 61% completion percentage, 205 yards a game, two touchdowns, three picks in that four games. Two touchdowns, three picks. More more picks than, than touchdowns. 79 pass rate. Right, so... And, and like I said, it's not completely his fault. He's been hurt. I don't think that shoulder is 100%. I don't even think it's 75%. I think it's closer to 65 to 70% oh. healthy. He hurt his throwing shoulder. Yeah. Right? Like, we played baseball, dude. I mean, do you know how many, how many, okay, let's, let's, let's phrase it like this. So when was your, like, last year of real competitive baseball, what, like high school, right? Senior year, yeah. How many ibuprofens pre-game were being popped on a game-by-game basis? Like three to four to make it through. To make it through the game, and then now I, imagine icy hot between every inning. Now and that's <laughs> and that is as a, you know, as a, as a as a high school athlete, right? Who, yeah, we throw a lot for baseball, but like, you're not. I'm not, we're not taking hits from 300 pound people. Yeah. We're not. We're not running quarterback draws up the middle, yep. meeting Fred Warner on the hole. He definitely has a, a bit more of a like that's one there. that's a real problem. And <laughs> yeah. and I think recently he's been a little bit more complimentary. Now what what he provides with legs certainly important. And so that's why I could hear the argument for him being a little bit higher, maybe like 9, 8 maybe. Right? Because of what he can provide with his legs, but recently he has not been that good. He's been more of a complimentary piece. That's why I don't have him higher. You have a point. You have a point and I don't think Philly's going to like it too much. They're not going to like it. <laughs> I just think it, it's interesting and it's do I think Jalen Hurts is a top seven quarterback right now in the league? Absolutely. Would I take a call on him? Absolutely not. Would I sign him for a lot of money? Probably. I think he's got the leadership. Mostly he's got the toughness. He produces most of the time. But recently he hasn't been. It's going into this game that I'm ranking, not his body of work over the last season. It's the last like five to six games, especially the last two, which haven't been very good. Well, damn. I, I, 
This is where I wish we had a, uh, a deal with, with ADT Home Security because Tim's going to need it pretty soon. I'm just saying. <laughs> and, and I like them. I'd, I'd pay them tomorrow. I'd start my franchise with them, except for, like, Mahomes, Allen Herbert, Trevor Lawrence, and Burrow. He'd probably be the sixth person that I would pick to start my franchise with. Hey. And, and that is no shot. Those five guys above him are specimens. That is Huge no shot talents. at him at all. Huge talents. Um, I'd yeah. pay him 40, 40 million a year. They're I gonna, would. They're going to come after you this week, though. Even though I'm complimentary and I'm just truthful. but whatever. They won't listen to that complimentary part. They'll hear the first part. Whatever. Um, <laughs> okay, let's transition into... <laughs> I want to talk a little bit about Tom Brady and, uh, and, and kind of the Niners. So a lot of people... We're pretty pissed and, and pretty upset about the Niners game, you know, myself being one of them. I mean, no one really wants to see an awful display of football. Again, I picked the Eagles. It doesn't make me feel good that the prediction was right, but I still had to watch bad football, right? Yeah. I, I would have rather had a good game, especially when I don't really have a quote-unquote, like, dog, you know, horse in the race, right, dog mm-hmm. in the race, right? I, I just want to see good football, right? Like that that Chiefs-Bengals game, great football. Fantastic. Right? I would watch 10 of those, right? That was supposed to be the heavyweight battle, you know, uh, of the ages, right? But, I mean, like, six offensive Niner plays in, the game was over. I think it was six plays in for the Niners. Purdy gets hit. Game, they, yeah, that game's over. Second series of the game, you were like, no, that's over. Like, and, and I'm not going to dwell on that game, right? Because that's it, that, that's not a fair evaluation of the Niners. That's not a fair evaluation of either team, really. It's pretty clear to see what happened, why they lost, why Philly won, etc. You don't need me up here, you know, flapping my gums about it. Everybody understands what happened. Here's what came to my mind about halfway through the second quarter, though. Right, season's not even over. It's still at this point, I think, like a, a seven. It's a it's a touchdown or two game. It's manageable for them to come back, but I, I knew they weren't going to. I'm watching Josh Johnson get absolutely ragdolled. He looks overmatched. The only thing that I kept thinking of is that I think Tom Brady to the Niners finally makes sense. Right earlier this year, when those rumors started, I said I, I'm not sure they really make sense. I think I think Miami makes sense. I think him going with with Josh McDaniels back into uh, in Vegas that makes sense. I mean, earlier this year, it just didn't make sense for him to move all the way across country to a team that has young talent, has young quarterback talent, cheap quarterback talent. Didn't make sense, right? But I think it does now. So Brock Purdy tore his UCL, complete tear, right? That's, for those of you who don't know, that's what requires a pitcher to get Tommy John surgery. Right, Tommy John surgery, that's like a 14-month rehab. Yeah, it's not little. So he's going to need probably about eight months, roughly. They said six. I'm going to go more like eight. If it's really a complete tear, that's more like eight to me. Before he is back to, like, his normal, and his normal still isn't a prolific arm. Right? So he's out for all the offseason, probably even some of the regular season next year. So he's probably a bench guy for next year. As of now, who knows if he'll get another shot, right? But you look around the roster, Trent Williams is, like, almost 35. He's almost done. He's almost done. Right? The defense is still cheap, but they're, like, young cheap, which means they're going to be getting paid here in about a year or two. Weapons are still a manageable price, kind of. But the team is in a win-now type of mode because those people are going to need paid soon. Aging players are, are going to be out soon. They're going to be out of their prime or trade up retired soon. That's the contract of this roster right now. Trey Lance does not give them a blind shot, in all honesty. I wish him well. But in reality, they're, they're probably going to ship him to, to Houston or something and get a second or third round pick for him, right? He's not right for this roster right now. But who is? Well, Tom Brady. Tom Brady's perfect. He's perfect. He's accurate. He's methodical. He's precise. His timing's always on point. There's a reason that Kyle Shanahan at one point, there were rumors that he wanted Mac Jones. What's Mac Jones do really well? Stay on schedule. He's pretty accurate, pretty precise, especially in the short to intermediate range where Kyle likes to operate. What's Brady always been known for? The methodical, 
almost enraging as an opponent. Dink and dunk, accurate, on time, precise, keep the chains moving, third and one, third and twos. But And, and also, here's the, the biggest point. Somehow he always seems to stay healthy. He hasn't missed a game due to injury since 2008. He is perfect for this team. He gives them a hell of a shot to win right now. Hell of a shot. Now, I'm not saying that in Philly, Brady's winning that game. But let's be real, it doesn't look like that. It does not look like that. That's a, it, With Brady on the, on the Niners roster that game, that's a last possession, go-either-way game. And you know in a go-either-way game, who am I taking? I'm taking Tom Brady in that spot. It's not crazy. It was, I think it was. I don't think it's crazy now, Brady to the Niners. I don't. I know you still think Miami, why? Because I, I, I think this makes a ton of sense. Family from there, you know, he's, he's from the area, parents still live there. It's probably the best roster he can go to and have a chance to win. It was weird. My riding favorite was the 49ers when the whole thing started, when we started talking about right. potential landing spots. and But then the more I thought about Miami, the more it kind of made sense. Um, one, just because that offense has the weapons right now to compete with anybody. You have Sir? Waddle. You have Tyreek. Like... The, Gesicki's a good tight end. Gesicki's a great tight end. They can run the great ball pretty safety. well. Yes. Um, they just added, uh, well, they, they have instability in their front office, which now is making me a little bit more shaky towards the whole Miami thing. But a Tom Brady, an experienced veteran quarterback that knows how to win, that has experience in the postseason. In that division as well. In the division where he would be able to go and play a Bill Belichick New England Patriots team twice a year. Twice a year. Um, it's interesting. It, it could be something that, that, you know, a little thing he wants to get back at Bill. But I think it's more so just a, a fit in the offense. If you could put a veteran like that that knows how to win with those young pieces. And, I mean, Tyreek Hill knows how to win, too. He was with the Chiefs for and, yeah. and Patrick Mahomes yeah. and in the Andy Reid system. I think he would do well with a Brady. Two was not getting it done. They need to <laughs> – if I'm Miami right now – I know two is not a hit. I know that I'm not winning any big games. I'm not going to go through the playoffs, right. win an AFC championship, let alone a Super Bowl with Tua. So I'm looking around. Tom seems like the biggest kind of like saving grace that Miami could get at this point. I, I'm not going to tell you you're wrong. It's certainly an interesting point, and here's what's even crazier. Both of them are in the market right now because their quarterbacks can't stay healthy. And yeah, I, I can so, see the argument on San Francisco's side too. We all saw how pissed off George Kittle was. Oh, my God, yeah. And, and at some point, you reach a breaking point. Kyle Shanahan's had this happen multiple years now. I know. It's, Anytime they're healthy, they are in the NFC Championship game competing. They're a top three four years team. in a row? Three years in a row now that this has happened to them? Or is this twice? No, last year, they remember, they lost in the NFC Championship game yeah. to the Rams, but Jimmy G was healthy. Yes. Um, the year before, so after the Super Bowl, 2020, yeah. Jimmy G got hurt. Yep. That was a bust. Yep. The year before the Super Bowl... Jimmy G was unhealthy. That was a bust. The year before that, Jimmy G was unhealthy. That was a bust. And they're always right in it to the end, but they just can't finish. How many more years can you keep wasting that good of a roster? You can't. You can't. So I think it's, I think it's a win now. It's it's just fascinating, right? Because and like I said, both due to injury. And I'm not the biggest supporter of Tua, but I will say, when he's healthy, it's it's not a no brainer that you would wouldn't would move off him, right? Yeah. But I personally still would. I think he's limited with size, arm strength, all that, but. Yeah. At the end of the day, when he's healthy, he's relatively productive. You at least, you probably stick with him, honestly. They would probably stick with him 100%, not even take a call, if he maintained health 
his entire young career so far. Yeah. Um, the other thing, though, like you mentioned with the roster in San Francisco, if it's win, it, it's has, win nev- it has never been more win now than this because we've seen what happened. You saw what happened to the uh, to the Rams roster and, and to their entire season this year when they brought everybody back and yeah. they have they had a win now roster. Yeah. They went out, they spent big on all the key pieces and all the stars that they needed to. And then look what happened. So like injuries your window, and age, and your not window is really, really, really starting Small. to shrink. If you're San Francisco, yeah, it's got to be now. It's got to be now. And I think Brady's the best way to do it. And you don't have you don't have time. You don't have years to waste on a young quarterback to figure it out. You have to go get somebody that knows what they're doing. I like couldn't ASAP. agree more. I couldn't agree more. Um, all right, that's all we got for the second segment here. Coming into the third segment, we'll have uh, some news. You know, just some news around uh, around the league, head coaching hires. All that fun stuff, we'll talk that. And then we'll talk a little bit about Sean Payton, the Broncos. What's it mean? Do we like it? Do we not like it? So don't go anywhere. We got all that coming up next. Let's go third segment on Thursday, February 2nd. Um, We got a good news segment to start off here. Just some news in the NFL. Yeah, got bumped from the second to the third segment today. But when you have this many big stories to talk about, and kind of, you know, bounce around and figure out and predict and kind of look into the future a little bit at what uh, the NFL landscape could look like with some big people moving around. Sometimes the news gets bumped to the third. But sure. nevertheless, we have a a lot of really good stories to get to you. Are they, are they all NFL? Yeah. They're all NFL? Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. The NFL's I, popping right now. It, it fits. It fits the theme. So, I like it. Super Bowl is coming up. Pro Bowl this week. Probably not going to watch it, but... Hell no, I'm not going to watch it. You're not watching the Pro Bowl? Absolutely not. You don't want to watch the most interesting game of flag football that you've ever seen. Tyler Huntley just got elected to the Pro Bowl. I'm out. (laughs) I'm out. Derek Carr got benched. I like Derek Carr. Derek Carr got benched. He's a a Pro Bowl quarterback. You do like Derek Carr. Speaking of which, you're getting hit for it a little bit. A little bit. There's some people coming into your fence on on Instagram there. But uh, we posted like a real. Was it me talking about how like. If he plays for another three years, he's going to be a top 16 quarterback. If he plays for another five years, he's a top 12 quarterback statistically of all time. He'll get touchdowns and yards. Yeah, it it was that one. Um, you got some people coming to your fence. Other, not so much. Uh, But go check it out either way. The the underscore issue podcast on Instagram. All the links, like normal, can be found in the description of the episode wherever you are watching, listening. Go check out theissuesports.com while we're on the topic of it. Uh, we got all the news stories up over there. Um, the access to our newsletter that comes out every week on Wednesday. Uh, so make sure you put your email in there, click sign up, and then just accept the email that comes into the inbox. You know, have to give like a nice yeah. little verification yeah. uh, just to make sure. I'm not trying to send you a bunch of spam. Only one email a week, and it's, it's a really good one. Gives you a little insight on the upcoming show. But... Let's get into news. We kind of got a lot to go over there. I'll start with story number one here. <clears throat> Houston Texans, they have found their new head football coach, the uh, San Francisco 49ers former defensive coordinator, D'Amico Ryan's six-year contract to be the next uh, you know, head coach of the Texans. So, so my thoughts, um, I think it's, I actually do think it's a good hire. Hear me out, right? So D'Amico, I think he's going to end up being a, a, a really nice coach. Um, you know, I, I prefer him be offensive, so I don't think he's in an absolute home run, but I think he's a good coach, and here's why, right? This draft is loaded with defensive talent at the top. So what I would do, what my strategy would be if I'm, you know, a, a front office guy, a coach, GM, whatever, in the organization for the Texans, I'd say 
D'Amico, go get yourself, you know, go get yourself a toy on the on the defensive side, right? Go get go get Will Anderson. Go get that uh, the edge rusher from um, from Georgia, right? Both of them are really really dynamic athletes. Would make an impact day one, like a Chase Young style, right? Um, Aiden Hutchinson, both both the Bosa's, right? Yeah. Day one impact players. Probably not be very good though, because the state of the offense. He's a defensive coach. He's not going to turn the offense around, right? So the state of the offense with whatever quarterback you're throwing out there is probably not going to be very good. So then, what do you do? We're still going to be trying from top three. You go get a Drake May, Caleb Williams. So then, in by the end of next season, you're looking really nice. We at least have really, a skeleton really of a team to build around. Skeleton of a team. I think what, what D'Amico's going to do, turn the defense around really quickly. Then you can go get a young quarterback. Doesn't have to win shootouts. Let Caleb Williams develop a little bit. He's already going to be a freak of nature coming out. Same thing with Drake May. Yeah. I don't think it's crazy. Um, I, think, I think it's a pretty good hire. It's It's... The best hire that I think the Texans could have gotten at this point. Um, I, mean, I know Sean Payton interviewed and like discussed it with him, but I don't think there's ever a chance they, they got they, him. They but outside of him, outside of him, I think he, I think D'Amico's the best candidate for the Texans. Yeah, and I mean that's a really tough situation to inherit. I think the plan that you kind of put forward is a good one. It's one that is very realistic to their capabilities in the next couple of years yeah. because I've been seeing th- uh, some things that are just like preposterous ideas that like he's gonna somehow gonna turn it around like in a year and be like a playoff team next year yeah they're gonna be a playoff team next year like super bowl in two to three years um that is that that's about the furthest from the truth you could get they can be interesting it can be a turnaround at least you know not an absolute dumpster fire like they were this year can they be by you know after they draft caleb right so they would draft him after this next season Mm -hmm. so in what so in 2024 that'd be right yeah, 2024. Can they draft. be? Can they be a fringe playoff team like a Jacksonville level interesting, or like the Lions, who probably weren't that great of a team, but were very interesting, scrappy, right on the two border to three of a playoff. Years. Two to three years to get there. I don't think that's. I don't think that's crazy. And then from there you can build. Yeah, yeah, for sure. For Start sure. working your way out of that uh, miserable cap space you're in right now. All you have to do is win like what four games, and you're an upgrade. So I mean, <laughs> it's not the bar's pretty low. Bar is low. All right, story number two here. We'll stay with the head coach thing. Former Saints head coach Sean Payton, as we discussed a little bit earlier, has accepted the Denver Broncos job. Um, you know, kind of still up in the air on, on compensation for Sean. Probably going to be north of, I think, $20 million a year, which is insane. If you want a good um, coach like that, you got to pay. Well, yeah, and they also had to give a first-round pick, and I want to say a third to uh, to the Saints because he was technically still under contract with the Saints whenever he retired, so yeah. they have the right to him. So they they get compensation for him signing with the Broncos. I'm not going to say it's a terrible fit. We're going to talk more about it here pretty soon, but I think for Denver it's good. I think it's the best candidate on the board yeah. easily, yeah. easily. Yeah, I, I, he's a Hall of Fame coach. That's a Hall of Fame coach. That's, he, that's a big hit for Denver. I'm not yeah. sure what that means for uh, Sean Payton. I think he might have gotten a little bit of the short end of the stick. When you look at the jobs that were available, or that might be available. That might be available within the next year or two. Yeah. He could have held out for something. We'll talk about it more coming up here. All right, story number three here. Um, The the Dirty Bungles fans had themselves a rough week. Mm. Uh, Not only have, you know, they lost, uh, but they've also been clowned in pretty much every way possible. And, I mean, rightfully so. Right, (laughs) Travis Kelsey's up there. Um, You know, Eli Apple, who, you know, at best is a number two corner on a good team, got cooked by Marquise Valdez Scantling All who day. I mean look MVS is fine but let's be real he's like a three maybe a four on a good team got cooked by him um, they're eating their words right now and I'm not gonna lie I couldn't be happier about it couldn't be happier about it and I actually like I you know 
I like the Bengals more than I probably should as a Pittsburgh fan, and I'm still very, very happy that they're eating their words right now. Uh, they act like they they won the Super Bowl. Didn't even get there. They're acting like they won the Super Bowl. Yeah. Um, I mean, when the, the expectations were so high, and they were talking so much uh, it's but before the game. And when the mayor put that video out, I was like, ooh, now that might be some bad juju. That's just too much. Like, Isn't that too much? That's a little, mm, that's crossing. It's too much. Look, I could see I could see a video being made if they had already won. You know what I mean? They go out there and for like the fourth, like they just keep beating Mahomes. Like Mahomes can't I agree. They're win. 4-0 against them. They win in some pretty good fashion. Yeah. yeah. Then maybe, maybe take your shots. Don't talk too early. Uh, Travis Kelsey is going to put you in your place, no matter if you're an elected official or not. Yeah, he doesn't care. He <laughs> does not care. We found that out this he. week. Um, it was entertaining. It was entertaining. I and We are a little bit sad over here, though. Uh, it, we had a fantastic shirt design go, and if that would have hit, yeah. that would have been awesome. Would have been very, very nice. But yeah. uh, <laughs> That's all right. Hey, you can still go buy it if you feel like it. Because, I mean, he is, still, he is still 3-1 and one over Mahomes. 3-1? and one. Yeah. Unless Until I see Mahomes win again, he's still Daddy Joe to me. Fair enough. Story number four here, the Cowboys' former offensive coordinator, Kellen Moore, uh, he was on the market for about two minutes before the Chargers swooped in and signed him as their new offensive coordinator. Is this a good move for Herbert and the Chargers? Yeah. You need something different. You need something different in uh, in L.A. Uh, They haven't been able to win, and that's... That's concerning when you have somebody like a Justin Herbert. And you should be good winning more. Too. You have weapons. You, you Austin Eckler's a touchdown machine. You need Keenan a new Allen. scheme. You need a new scheme. And you need somebody to get in Brandon Staley's ear and tell him not to go for it on fourth and five in now bad he, situations. Now, now, he dialed it back a little bit this year. I'll a little bit, sure. But, I mean, he still takes unnecessary risks. I, what I, what I want to look for for Callan Moore to do, my advice to him, now granted, Callan's a much smarter guy than me. I'm going to be pretty honest with you, and I don't think it takes a genius to know that. But here's what, what it, it can be kind of tough when you're in the thick of it, right? And like an offensive coordinator, like a player, like a coach is to kind of step back and look, what do I need to do from a holistic view? What you need to do is you need to get an identity, right? You Quick. need to, because let's be real here. Nick Sirianni, day one. Now we, we clowned his opening press conference, but basically all it was, was we need to form an identity. Cause then once we have that identity, we can fit the, the, the talent to the identity Everyone can be in their own role, and now we have an identity of toughness. You know, great, whatever it is, right? We can. You have to establish that, then find the players to fill it. Everyone buys in. That's kind of what we need to see from the Chargers, no? Yeah, and and I think this could this could speak to Dallas too. Now, now depending on what he's able to do with the Chargers, now you got to turn around, and look at Dallas, and so, have a really like you were saying last week. You sometimes don't know how good somebody was until they leave and you look at the place after they left. 100%. That's going to be interesting here. Now, if they are amazing in Los Angeles and Dallas really can't put it together. What if they're a top, what if they're a top five defense? And, and Dallas, because of the cap situation, they're also going to lose talent too. But nobody's going to use that as context. <laughs> Dallas is going to regress. What if LA makes the playoffs, wins a playoff game, Dallas misses the playoffs? Crazy. That'd be crazy. It, Jobs I think are it lost. Happens. That, that's my prediction. I think it happens too. That's what's crazy. Bye, Dak. See ya. That's what happens. It's interesting. Um, <laughs> speaking of interesting, and I think probably the most captivating team in the league kind of going into next year is going to be Denver, right? They just hired Sean Payton. Um, and so Sean's going to take the bag, and, and, and that's fine. But uh, is it necessarily a good move? I don't know. I don't know. So, so the number is going to be somewhere 20, 20 plus million dollars a year, which is absurd, right? I'm never going to tell somebody to take less money. Right? Go, go, go get the bag, whatever, right? Whatever they say. Go, go get the money. That's fine. Athletes 
accountants, businessmen, coaches, whatever. I, I fully get it. But I do feel like at a certain point, there's a business decision that is more important than money. Especially with somebody who, I mean, let's be real. Sean, Sean has made a lot of money in his life. And, and let's be real, he's probably not a dummy on the you know investment side of it. He, he, his money is probably making money at this point, right? right? Like, like, Sean's not an idiot. And I don't personally view Denver right now as a great job. I think in the locker room that there there are some major fractures in the locker room. I think there's more leaks upstairs than pretty much any team in football right now. I mean, hell, even Cleveland this past season was quieter. And they had somebody who was like, I don't know, getting sued like 20-some times at quarterback. So, I mean, if, if that's quieter, then that's a problem, right? And I, I think there's overrated but okay talent on the outside. The offensive line outside of left tackle is a total rebuild. I mean, the young running back is promising, but he's coming off an ACL, so who knows? The defense is talented, but they're going to need paid soon. And, oh, by the way, they're going to need paid with what money? Because there's no money to pay that young core with because you're paying Russell Wilson a goddamn fortune. Right? So, oh, not to mention, there's no way to acquire cheap labor because, well, you don't have draft picks. And you have to give up the first and, I think, a third for Sean Payton. So now you have even less draft capital when you already didn't have draft capital. Or, like, Sean Payton would have been the best candidate available for pretty much any job in the next, I don't know, five hiring cycles. Like, who's going to come along in the next five years that's going to be available on the market that is better than Sean Payton? Almost nobody. Almost nobody. Right, so you're telling me that Brandon Staley missed the playoffs, or if he does make it, gets bounced relatively early again. They're sticking with him? I'd say wrong. So you could have been coaching Herbert in a year. What if McVeigh decides to retire? He's talked about it about seven times now. He could step into a decent roster, great GM, richest owner, nice city, committed organization. Sounds pretty nice to me. I'm just saying, I, it's not a terrible job. right? I think he could turn Ross around to at least be serviceable. I do. And I think there is some talent there. I think the defense is at least something you can build around right now. But I think overall, I think it's a subpar choice for Sean. I think it's great for money. It's a decent football brand. Broncos have been pretty big historically, but hey, we'll see. I hope I'm wrong because as a guy and I think as a coach, I really like Sean. I think he's sharp. I think he's clever. I think he's great in the room. Uh, for what I've seen, like interview-wise, he's been on Coward pretty much every week for you know the entire year. Uh, it's pretty funny. Great overall guy, right? I hope he does well. I just don't think that that's a good situation to go in when you look at what could be available in the next year. So I think patience would have played really well for him right now. Yes, I agree. I have some numbers here now. So... When you're making a business decision, you look at opportunity cost. What is the sure. cost of the thing that you are giving up? Let's go, business guy. Come on. So you you have two when you have two okay. decisions to make. Wait, hold on. Let me take let me take some notes here. Yeah, yeah. You have got okay, two so, decisions to make. So opportunity cost. Opportunity cost is what you have to give up to get the when you make the decision. You make you take the other thing, right? So if I take option one, the opportunity cost is option what two, I, the one that I did. What take. you're giving up. So opportunity cost what. <laughs> yeah. You gave up. Okay, continue. No. So here's the thing. Do you know how much annually he was making with Fox Sports? Do you know what his contract was? Do you know? Yes. Because I don't. I thought you were actually asking me. I'm like, dude, I hope you don't think I know this because I don't know this. $15 million annually with Fox. Okay, so he's giving up $15 million. That is the opportunity cost. Is yeah. that right? Okay. Yeah. So okay. here's the thing, though. The OC. difference on that is only five million dollars. Yeah, I, I think and, it's going to be somewhere around twenty. We'll just ballpark twenty. Okay, so so, so, so if it's a twenty year, you're roughly five million is is the the difference in opportunity cost. Yeah, so that that's, but there's so many other things that factor into it. So you have a very very happy guy in Sean Payton. He is he has the dream job for any ex coach, ex NFL player. 
I'd you get so. to talk about football and make $15 million a year doing it. You don't take any of the pressure from the media. You don't have to rip your hair out dealing with rookies and new guys that are coming in and making mistakes and dealing with a horrible situation with contracts and, and the cap. That's also not like a boring 9 to 5. That is a great job, cool hours, probably less work than the normal 9 to 5. Yeah. And now you're going to go take on the NFL head coaching life in a city that's, you know, you had a lot more pieces when you were in New Orleans last time coaching. Now you got to go to Denver, totally turn things around, take on so many extra headaches for I'm not gonna tell $5 you million extra dollars. See, now I'm saying he should have gone back into coaching at some point, but there was a better right. opportunity along the line, I think, coming up. Right. I, I, I would agree. And that's, that's, you kind of hit on what my pushback was going to be is that, yeah, we, you know, Sean definitely, that is what you just brought up. It's a great point, but I think he was so, he's such a competitor and he's so in love with the art of coaching. I don't think he could wait any longer. I'm going to be honest with you. Sure, he's like cut the, from that cloth. Yeah. And I understand that to an extent, but you have to, I mean, he's not, he's not an idiot. He's aware of what's happening in the NFL. He doesn't have blinders on. He knows what, could what be open, need. whose seats yeah. are getting warm, where he thinks he would want to coach, who does he want to coach, who does he want to work for, what kind of ownership do you want to have. Um, and, they're, and they're new owners. Now, granted, they, what they've shown so far is that they're really, really committed, but they're new. Who knows if they're going to be any good? They're committed and they'll spend the money where where they think they need, but the, Russ was a miss. The head coach is going to, Sean Payne's going to report straight to the owner? That doesn't sound like a functional organization. It sounds relatively dysfunctional. Yes. I don't know. I don't like it at all. I think there's a lot better spots that he could have gone. And, and I'm not saying that they're this year, but I'm th- I'm sa- I think patience would have been fifteen million dollars a year with Fox Sports. Yeah, is nice, I man. just I I probably would have elected for that. Take fifteen more dollars. Yeah, you know, fifteen million dollars. Go get your extra money through a couple commercials. Go do a commercial for State Farm. I would tend to agree with you. Do something to make a little yep. extra money. Make up that extra five that you're gonna. I don't know. I don't know if it's worth it. I don't know if it's worth it to take that heat. We just saw Nathaniel Hackett. And now I'm not saying Sean Payton's on the same coaching level as Nathaniel Hackett. It's not even close. But we just watched him get absolutely torn apart. Torn apart. Well, he was apart. awful. He was awful. Yeah. No, I agree. It's not a good but situation. You're inheriting, you're inheriting the same situation that just got him fired. So, No argument over here. I don't know. No argument over here at all. Uh, so, guys, that's about it. For the show today, um, you know, if you're just watching this, go back, check out all the standalone stuff that we have posted on YouTube. The links to all of that can be found in the description of our episode, no matter where you're watching or listening. Uh, you can find it on the website also, just the big Listen Now tab. Um, go find us on YouTube, Instagram, TikTok is big. Um, so go check it all out, guys. Theissuesports.com. We really appreciate you listening, and that was The Issue.